Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D Sub Creation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. All right, we're back with the 11Zs podcast, and today we're talking about one of my favorite shows of all time. Which one is that? <laughs> Why'd you look at me? I'm, I don't know. The, the Office? No, we already did that uh, one. Clone Wars. No. Uh, ha, oh, uh, almost said. <laughs> Last Airbender. Mm, Avatar. We've already done that one, too. Mm, I don't know. Well. Friends. Yeah. Friends. But also... How I Met Your Mother, because I think anyone who's seen both can clearly see the connections between the two of them, and I just got done with a rewatch of How I Met Your Mother and took avid notes so that I could be prepared for today's episode, which is 11 Ways How I Met Your Mother Copied Friends. And I'm a little bitter about it, because even though it's got its moments, it's funny, I still watched it, it was doing a lot of things that friends had just done literally just done and so i'm gonna argue my point for that and colton is here i'm here i also wrote a list of notes Um, this is the first time colton's had notes y'all five five minutes before we started recording i was typing up notes and for my listeners that are out there uh this episode is actually called uh how i met your mother greater than sign friends say that again how i met your mother Greater than sign, friends. Oh. Because that is how I titled my notes. Gotcha. So yeah, Colton's here to be a devil's advocate. Be yeah. My, the rat to my tat. I don't feel super strongly about this, but I'm going to die on this hill either way. Yeah, because we have had multiple conversations throughout our relationship about this. I, I do think, for me, I, I prefer How I Met Your Mother as a show more. I did see it first, and that might be mostly why I like it better, but I also, after, you know, gathering my thoughts and looking up some information online that I believe to be true and now I have confirmed to be true for people that have actually been to New York. Um, um, which, of the two of us, who's actually been to New York? Confirm that for the audience. I think there's more people on the internet that have been to New York <laughs> than in this room. But still, of the two of us... Which is why I defer to the people online... So, okay. <laughs> but of the two of us, who's been to New York? Me. Lights, I have. I have. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe this episode just needs to be called 11 Notes on How I Met Your Mother slash Friends. 11 Reasons. 11 Reasons Why How I Met Your Mother. Wa- friends is better is greater. than How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> no. You actually think that? Mm. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. That's what this is about. Okay, but first of all, Colton already alluded to his. What are you drinking for today's 11Zs? I'm drinking a Bud Light Seltzer iced tea. He's been getting into seltzers lately. It's Raspberry cute. iced tea. Yeah, it was like seltzers are dumb. When seltzers first came out, they were very bland and boring and like like very... Basic white girl. Basic, like flavored water with hints of air that was near... A peach or something. Lacroix with more personality. Anyway. Yeah. But now that seltzers have become like a thing, um, they have done a better job of making seltzers taste better. And so, and these are good. They're like basically hard iced teas. So 
which I like. They're not bad. Try them out. And I'm drinking just a normal sparkling water. Not sponsored. Topo Chico for the win, which I don't know if I told you this. The last Topo Chico I had, I tried to add some peach to it, and it exploded. So don't try to add peach syrup to a Topo Chico. What? I wanted a peach sparkling <clears throat> water. Exploded? Yeah, it like bubbled over and like spilled out everywhere. It couldn't handle the peach syrup. Hmm, weird. The cold one sometimes adds lime juice, so I thought, oh, I can add some, some peach juice. <laughs> Maybe it was the sugar that's in the peach syrup? I don't um, know. It couldn't handle. So don't try to add syrup to your Topo. Just drink it as it is because it's beautiful. Just the way it is. This is true. Okay. Here we go. We're going to start with my notes on ways I think How I Met Your Mother copied friends. And then Colton's going to provide maybe some uh, argument in defense of How I Met Your Mother. Ultimately, I like both shows. I watch both shows regularly, but I did watch Friends first. I think I grew up seeing, I mean, Friends on TV when it came on. I would I would watch a couple episodes. I didn't see it all the way through until, what year was that? Maybe 2015, 2014 or 15. My brother lent me his DVD box set of Friends, and I watched it from beginning to end for the first time. And I loved it. Obviously, it's a classic. In that case, maybe I did watch How I Met Your Mother first. I was going to say, yeah, because for me, I had seen episodes of Friends before I had even, before How I Met Your Mother even came out. I used to watch episodes of Friends uh, that came on right after episodes of The Simpsons that I would watch back to back, um, back in like elementary school, junior high era. And so I, I did see like some of Friends before I watched the full show, but I didn't see the full show of Friends until after we got married, I think we saw, you made me watch it in like 2019 mm -hmm. is when I actually watched it all the way through and had seen every episode at that point. Whereas How Much Your Mother was like the very first show that wasn't like a kids or teen Nick show that I had seen all the way through that I made a point to watch all the way through. And I did it mostly on my own because it was on Netflix at the time. And then I was able to watch the entire last season live on TV uh, when it aired, which was pretty cool. But so I watched How Much Your Mother for the first time all the way through in like 2013 um, but I, I binged it I binged the entire show and then watched the final season within a few months the final season came out in 2013 um right? I actually or was it 2014 the final season came out in 2014 but I had, I had watched the show up until the last season in 2013 okay so here's <clears throat> I've, I've worked out my timeline I of course grew up watching friends on tv when it came on saw it for the first time in the fall of 2014 13 yes and i finished it on new year's eve 2013 mm. i rang in the new year finishing friends i remember watching the friends finale with my friend um oh it was cute friends with friends anyway and then in the spring of 2014 so literally next semester is when i got into how i met your mother for the first time and i watched the first eight seasons and then had to catch up with the airing season like as it was airing so mm. I did watch Friends first, barely, and then How I Met Your Mother immediately after. Mm -hmm. So maybe already then I was I was forming this list in my mind. Mm. But I do love both shows. I want that to be known. I just, when one came first, you got to think, okay, what's going on? Where did you get these very specific ideas? How I Met Your Mother. Okay, so let's start with number one, the setting slash premise, main thing, like, main thing you start when you're gonna write a tv show 
Um, New York City. Yeah, I know a lot of shows are set in New York City, but it's like New York City. Mm-hmm. Not every show has to be set in New York City. I mean, yeah. I'll, are you done with that point already? No. I already have a counter to your point. But okay. New York City. <clears throat> in overpriced apartments that they can somehow afford because of rent control that is mentioned in like one episode. Friends would describe their premise as the time in your life where your friends are your family. Um, I think that could be the same could be said for How I Met Your Mother as well because they hardly ever see their actual biological family throughout the course of these like nine or ten years of the show. They're only hanging out with their friends the whole time for Christmases, for Thanksgivings, for everything. They have a hangout spot they always go to all the time. Same booth, same table. There's the coffee shop and then the McLaren's pub. And, yeah, that's the main setting slash premise of both shows. Yeah, I, uh, first of all, to just go back to what you said about it being in New York, I don't necessarily think that's a copy of Friends. It's more of a a lot of just media is in New York shows. A lot of shows before Friends were in New York movies are in new york a lot so it's just that's just a trope that's in a lot of like american like media and and i do think it's because writers a lot of writers come from new york or they go to new york in order to make it as a writer and so then they want to write about their experiences in the greatest city on earth yeah and so that's why a lot of things take place there yeah i mean new york city is like the hub of modern culture i mean really in the western world if you think about it it has broadway and like there's i mean there's so many like the tourist things but like broadway mainly as like i feel like that and snl and like a lot of the late night hosts are in new york and that's where a lot of comedy writers get their stars on something like snl comedy writers are it's like the hub of comedy like really is new york city um but a lot of like tv stuff i feel like that that starts in new york you know but yeah uh what else did you say um, it takes place in overpriced apartments, like, and there's one central apartment that everyone associates with the show. There's, of course, the central hangout spot, the coffee shop and the bar. Right. And it's about the time in your life when your friends or your family. Yeah. Around the age between, uh, 25 to 35. I would argue that the premise of How Much Your Mother isn't, isn't the same as Friends. While at face value, it might seem like it's just friends hanging out, I think the underlying meaning or focus is different i think with friends yeah it is it is um that about the time in your life when your friends are your family which could be any time in your life really i think for me i would say that was like high school early college whereas friends and how much your mother are like late 20s early 30s anyway but how much your mother i think it's in the name um while that is true that it's just, just focus on focuses on a group of friends it focuses on more I don't want to say, well, not more real. I don't know. how. I maybe mean, I would argue more real. More real, like, relationship issues for, with, with single people. And I know that in Friends, they're single for a lot of times. And not that they don't focus. I mean, they do focus on the single stuff. But I don't know. That, I think that's more of the focus in How Much Your Mother is. You're right. It's, it's about like going through Ted's being single in a huge city. Yeah. And then, like, walking through kind of, like, that time in his life when he was lost as a, you know, as someone who didn't have like a wife or he wanted a wife but you know it's it's about how someone who wants a wife goes through living as as someone who's single and and dating people and falling in love with different people so that's true i i I understand that that premise is a little bit more refined but it spans the same age group that friends does and they never hardly ever see their biological families yes that age group is the same age group and like 
90% of sitcoms. <laughs> so, not just Friends. I know. But here's here's what I'm going to keep coming back to. Friends aired from 1994 to 2004. How About Your Mother started in 2005, literally one year after Friends went off the air. They were like, you know what we need? Another show about a group of five friends in their 20s in New York dating. On a different channel. Still, I'm just saying, they. it was one year after. It wasn't like they waited 10 years and they're like, okay, let's do a modern day Friends with some with some nods to the original. No, this came out one year later and there were major, major nods. Okay. That's what you want to call them. Okay. So that's just I'm just gonna keep coming back yeah. to that. Yeah. You go. All right. Number two, character tropes. Y'all ready for this? Ted is obviously Ross. He is like the main guy of the group. He is nerdy. Has a job that people like to make fun of. He's a little uh, quirky in his interests. He becomes a professor. He is in love with the main girl, on and off throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Marshall is Chandler. He is uh, the college roommate of aforementioned dude. He gets married halfway through, stays married um, throughout the show. Can be known as the funny guy at times. Lily is Monica. She's the bossy mom friend. Um, kind of nosy with her friends and obviously gets married halfway through. And is also kind of a college friend. Monica didn't. I think she might have gone to the same college as Ross and Chandler, but they don't talk about her as, like, being a college friend like Lily was. But she definitely hung out with them more in their adult life because we see that they're hanging out at the very start of the show. Robin is Rachel, obviously the perfect girl who just wanders into the scene, very first episode, and the Ross-Ted character is in love with her from that moment until the very end. And Varney is Joey. He's the... The ladies' man who sleeps around and always has to get a laugh. Who's Phoebe? Phoebe, you know, she's she's her own thing. No one could ever copy Phoebe. Although I have seen people say the way that uh, Marshall makes up songs is kind of like how Phoebe makes up songs. Mm-hmm. But she actually performs them and he just kind of does it for fun. Yeah. Sure. You'll give me that one? How all of the main characters are literally copies of all of the main characters? Well, okay, you are uh, dealing in absolutes. (laughs) Um, I'll say that there are similarities in the characters, but to say that they're copies of those characters, like they deliberately were trying to make those exact characters, I would say that that's too much of a stretch. Um, I would, again, point you towards other comedies where I think these are just trope characters trope like these are just characters if you find a or you come up with a random group of friends in the middle of new york or wherever not even new york but like think of a random group of friends in a comedy and if you want a diverse group of people at least personality wise who are you going to come up with you're going to come up with you know the heart filled romantic guy who just wants to settle down you're going to find the more uh sarcastic um like you know more by the book you know, lawyer type or whatever Chandler does type, even though you say Chandler and uh, Marshall are similar. Um, there's more, there's similarities to Barney as well, which you would probably have on your list. I do. But, and then you have the, the, the ladies man and then you have the strict mom. I mean, that's just like, I feel like a lot of just common character types in, in comedy. Like you just, just have a diverse group of characters. I mean, I don't know. But what's interesting is 
our group of friends in college used to think we we fell into certain sitcom character groups. Like, we would identify with certain characters. I don't remember us ever really identifying with any of the friends or even the How I Met Your Mother gang. Did we ever think we were the How I Met Your Mother gang? I think we tried to compare ourselves to How I Met Your Mother people. Did it fit? I remember it fit more with us and New Girl. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit. I think in our with our old group of friends, um, I don't know if we like really tr- like sat down and talked about it, but I think Garrett and I mentioned sometimes about how maybe he was like, oh, he thought he was more of a Barney. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he tried real hard <laughs> to be Barney. And maybe I was more of a Ted, and Logan was more of a Marshall or something in in that scenario. Even though, as now I would think I'm more like Marshall than any of the characters in the show, to be honest. Even though at that time I was single. So yeah, I, I maybe identified more with Ted. But now watching through more of the episodes recently, I, I think I relate more with Marshall now that I'm married and whatnot. Also, you say that you know Marshall being like Chandler and Monica getting married halfway through the show. Marshall and Lily are together since the very beginning. And yes, while in season two, for half of the season, they are broken up. They get back together like halfway through season two. And then they get married at the end of season two. And there's nine seasons. I know. So they're pretty much a married couple from the beginning, which is different than Yeah, it's a little different as to when they got together. But they are, if you think of, oh, the married couple in the Friends show, it's Monica and Chandler. And if you think of the married couple in How I Met Your Mother, it's Marshall and Lily. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think you can just draw, you can draw similarities between a lot of these kinds of characters in a lot of comedies. Because I'm trying to imagine, like, the characters that you're saying are copies of the other i'm trying to imagine those two characters sitting in a room talking to each other and i can see very distinct characters that are different than the other and like a different conversations happening you're right they are their own characters but the basic trope of who they are and kind of where their storyline goes is very similar and i'll get more into storylines in a second but as for the tropes the core of their personality one's the nerdy guy one's the funny guy one is the guy who sleeps around one's the perfect girl the dream girl that all the men want i agree with you but is it a copy of friends specifically well when it came out one year later you have to when it came out one year later which means they wrote the show two years before that yeah well friends was out for 10 years before that Mm -hmm. yeah well cheers was out 20 years before that well let's see how friends copied cheers i've never seen cheers never seen cheers either but i've heard people say that friends copy a lot of cheers so all right, let's take it back. What was the very first sitcom of all time? I don't know. Here's another thing I'm going to say, and I think I'm going to have a full episode on it later. Good writers steal. They do take ideas. Tolkien did it. He was influenced from a lot of different Norse mythology and obviously the Bible and his own personal experiences. And, like, you you take things from previous... Every book you've ever read and movie you've ever seen and tv like you you log these little notes and that's okay to bring some of those out in your own work because you have your own perspective on them you have your own unique writing flair you're going to bring to it but if you do it too much it can be considered plagiarism i mean in the writing world which no obviously there was no plagiarism lawsuit on how i met your mother for copying friends because there were enough tweaks but i'm just saying it got real close it got it took a lot, a lot from Friends. And in the How I Met Your Mother's Cauldron of Soup, as Tolkien would put it, a good chunk of it is Friends. Mm-hmm. Specifically Friends. I think. So far, you haven't said anything that's specific to Friends, but... All right. I'll let you continue. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for the permission to continue. 
Okay, number three is the on and off relationship model, which as a society, I feel like we consider friends to be the first. Like the Ross and Rachel thing was so annoying how they get together and they break up and they get together and they break up. And that's all, I mean, at the time, that's all everyone was rooting for was Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel. There were jokes and scrubs about it. Like it's just a common thing that people talk about. Oh, the Ross and Rachel. It's a Ross and Rachel type of story that has been repeated and sitcom and sitcom and sitcom, but I feel like Friends was the origin of that. It's what everyone goes back to. And obviously, Ted and Robin are the exact same way, almost down to exact timing as well. So obviously, Ross and Ted are in love with Rachel and Robin since episode one. Ross was obviously in love with Rachel before that. And then they pine over the girl for like a year and then finally gets her at the end of season one slash beginning of season two. They date for all of season two for a year. And then they break up. It's really dramatic. They uh, can't talk to each other. And then they become friends again. And then they have to hook up. And then they break up. And then hook up. And then break up. And they're roommates at one point. And then, of course, spoilers. In the end, they end up together. Literally, final moments of the show, they end up together. That exact same timeline for Ross and Rachel happened with Ted and Robin. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. <laughs> Okay, but the off and on thing isn't unique to Friends. I'm just saying it might have been the first, because that's what everyone goes back to. And Scrubs, JD, and Elliot were on and off, and they even made a joke about Ross and Rachel in the show. It was a meta moment for Scrubs. Okay, well, this was a point I thought of earlier, but I didn't say. Um, mentioning the character trope and the character types. While there are similarities between the shows, I think both shows just tried to make like write characters that people could relate to. And yeah, when you sit down, and like I said earlier, when you sit down at a table and try to come up with characters that people can relate to, think you might find that you come across these character types a lot more if you're trying to reach like a wide range of personality types. Uh, same thing goes with relationship issues. People, like all sorts of people, especially in modern culture, are like off and on more, and um, especially if it's like in the dating world. And I don't know. I think that's. I don't think that's a friend specific. Um, I know it's not specific, but if Friends was the first, then everything else is getting that idea from Friends. You can't make the claim that Friends is the first if you haven't seen every other sitcom sitcom before Friends. And I highly doubt it is. I haven't seen all of... I'm bringing up Cheers again. I haven't seen all of Cheers, but I know that there is a relationship that the main character guy has with like this blonde-haired girl on the show, and that it is kind of like an off-and-on thing from what I remember. I've seen a few episodes. And Are you sure this wasn't from your research you did five minutes before we started airing? No, this was like ten years ago when I saw a couple <laughs> episodes that a friend of mine had had. Maybe on you TV. accidentally watched the episodes out of order. I don't know. <laughs> we need a Cheers expert on the podcast to come argue with this. But maybe both shows are stealing from reality. How about that? That is where <laughs> most of inspiration comes from. I'll give you that. Yeah. But when you think about global phenomenon. More people have seen Friends, I feel like. It's it's a classic, and it got that way for relating to more people, and more people have seen it, and so therefore, when a show does something else like that, everyone's going to relate it back to Friends, because it, it was the big one. You also say global phenomenon, but I've heard and uh, seen or like things online that said that when Friends came out, not that it wasn't a popular show, it was still a popular show when it came out, but... Um, that it really didn't find its global popularity and the popularity it has now until it was on Netflix. Well, that happened with a lot of shows. years later until it reached like a new generation of people that were able to watch it. 
Um, so not not that not not, not I mean, obviously that means that's still a really good show, but at the time of its airing, you know, it wasn't quite as big as it is now. Whereas How I Met Your Mother, I feel like I don't know. For me, I was more excited for the How I Met Your Mother season finale than any other show I'd seen at the time because of some points I'll talk about later. But about how what like the way How I Met Your Mother gets you to keep watching is way different than Friends. The reason you watch How I Met Your Mother, I mean, you watch it for the characters. You want to see where they end up. Yeah, same as any other show in history. But it was the mystery to the name of the show. I mean, up, up until the last season, it was who is the mother. And then it was like, how do they meet? What's the scene? And then, you know, you don't see that scene to like the second to last or the last episode of the last season. And it's like... And was it worth it? This huge payoff. That scene is, yeah. The best parts of... Some of the best parts of the entire show are the interactions between Ted and the mother. And it leaves you wanting more, which is... Like more of that, really, which I think goes to show how just how good it was and good of a build up it was to that. I think that paid off really well. Now there are other things I agree that I don't like about the last couple episodes, but now the reason why I don't like them, I might even challenge myself uh, on that at this point now that it's been you know uh, eight years since that last season came out. But jeez, we're so freaking old. Yeah. Anyway, but. Uh my heart yeah we gotta get through your one list, thing yeah. i will say though is that i since i finished rewatching how i met your mother i watched the four episodes that are out of how i met your father four episodes in i'm already like well i'm in this i have to watch until i know who the father is oh yeah did friends get a sequel a spin-off, or a spin-off? yeah they tried it was called joey didn't last long yeah yeah we'll see how how long how i met your father lasts <laughs> If it doesn't make it, I will be mad because I'm already shipping. Anyway, mm-hmm. number four, everyone's kissed and lived with each other, and yet they're all friends. Everything's still cool. Hmm? That's weird. It is weird. I feel like that doesn't happen in real life. Well, it didn't like, happen in our lives, just, but who's to say it didn't happen well, I'm just in saying other like, lives? Especially in New York. One, oh, geez, our New York listeners are going to be mad at you. Well, it's like, just a different country up there. In a group of friends... For everyone to have kissed everyone else, like, everyone in Friends has kissed everyone else. A lot of that happens in How I Met Your Mother, too. Almost everyone lives with everyone else. I'm like, moving is such a major thing. Like, I can't imagine all the times that they move in these shows. I just feel like it is not realistic at all to, like, kiss all your friends, date all your friends, move and live with all of your friends. Like, it's a bit much. And I get they're trying to, like make something happen for the shows like oh we need some drama let's have this person live with this person or let's have this person kiss this person just for views we gotta do it for the views but i don't think either one is realistic and i didn't appreciate that in friends very much i mean and then the fact that they are trying to do it again and how i met your mother i'm like this just i don't know it takes me out of it a little bit i think it's more more realistic than you think and i have real life examples but i probably won't bring them up on the podcast (laughs) Um, just for those persons' sake, but I have seen a girl in a group like or have feelings for and kiss or and or date at least multiple people in a group of friends. And I've seen that in different groups of friends that I've been a part of, um, to certain degrees. So I think it's more real than you think. <laughs> Maybe most of your groups of friends you didn't experience that, but like, yeah, I've seen it in like two major different groups of friends that I've had in my life. So, yeah. All right. 
Is there any other show you can think of that does this? Does what? Has all the... <clears throat> every friend has kissed every friend. Even, um, like, all the straight ones are still kissing the guys and the girl. Like, girls are kissing girls, guys are kissing guys, even though they're all straight. They're all living with each other. Like, that doesn't happen in New Girl. What's another sitcom? I don't know. I like. I don't... It doesn't happen in Scrubs. You've seen all of the things. Office? It does not happen in The Office. Well, yeah, there's, there's other people. Do My- Michael and uh, Jim ever kiss? No, but Michael and Oscar do. <laughs> what about uh, Big Bang Theory? Uh, no. Okay. Not really. They all have their own apartments. They stay in their own apartments the entirety of the show. Lily kisses everybody? Lily kisses... Um, okay, so some of them in Friends and How I Met Your Mother are not actual this character is kissing this character but some of them are in like uh, a what if scenario but every actor kisses every actor okay that's that's for sure but yeah lily kisses robin remember to wake barney up Mm. and she obviously kisses marshall she kisses ted when they think lily and ted made out the night before she met marshall um she kisses barney in some fantasy when barney was imagining what it would be like to be married so yeah, there's an example of Lily for you. Cool, thanks. I'm just saying. I think it's weird that both shows did it. Number five, the college flashbacks and what-if scenarios. Like I just mentioned, Friends um, definitely flashback to when Ross and Chandler were in college, and you see young Rachel, fat Monica. They have a few different episodes like that. <clears throat> and they also do like what-if scenarios. Like there's the one that almost happened, or the, the one that might have been. I don't remember what it was called. And what I will say about How I Met Your Mother is it took this trope and it really ran with it. That is one of the major themes in How I Met Your Mother is the flashing back and forward through time. Um, We definitely go back and see Marshall, Ted, and Lily in college a lot. We look forward to the future and the past a lot in the final season and, uh, you know, leading up to the meeting of the mother. And anyway, but the fact that it flashes back to college when these guys were college friends and... Kind of does these what if scenarios a lot. Friends also did. Yes, I agree. So I'm not gonna say that everything like how much mother that doesn't have similarities to Friends. I would like I said earlier, challenge that they weren't trying to rip off Friends or copy Friends. Whereas I think you're you're trying to say that a little bit. But if there were similarities and maybe they were inspired by things done in Friends, um, I would say that how much your mother took maybe similarities if it did and then tried to do them better. And I think this is a perfect example of that. I think the the framing narrative of How I Met Your Mother is done way better than Friends. The way it tells its story in flashbacks and flash forwards and, and how some episodes it'll start with a flash forward and show you something that happens at the end and you're like, how does it get to that point? Or like, what has to happen to make that happen? And then it takes you back to the beginning and then it starts to tell you. And then you are wondering how, you know, throughout the whole show episode you know what what's going to happen and how does it get to that point and then it slowly unravels and shows it to you and i think that's a really good way to tell a story and leave the viewer or make the viewer like want to keep watching the show especially if it's live coming on with commercials it's going to make them stay on your channel and not click away and that i think how much your mother does that way better than friends like i i would argue that like the mystery of of how much your mother is is well, I said this earlier is what keeps you watching the whole the show as a whole. But like, even to the point where I would say like, 
not just who the mother is or how they meet, um, but there's also like, well, the parts at the beginning where it flash forwards, but then there's like the mysteries in the show, like the pineapple incident, and there's things like that, that you're like, like, how did that happen? And there's things they explain eventually, and there's things they never explain. Like the pineapple incident. Like the pineapple incident. But there are fan theories, which is what makes any show or, or fandom even better than they are, is, is the outside experience of, of discussion of the show. Um, especially when it comes to, like, what's going to happen next, or what what do you think, well, you know, this is, or who do you think it'll be? You know, it's it's the outside discussion in the real world that I think makes certain things like tv shows and for me like video games and movies better uh, it's what makes marvel so good it's what makes star wars so good and i think how much your mother has an aspect of that for and for a and maybe that's why i like it so much is that for a sitcom it kind of introduces some of the stuff that like superhero movies and and fantasy movies and sci-fi does more um, as far as how it keeps you watching. I do remember there was a lot of talk about How I Met Mother. That's why I wanted to start watching it because it yeah. was nearing the finale and everyone was like, who's the mother? Why Why is it going on? Why hasn't the mother been in this whole thing? And I remember specifically one of my brother's friends saying, I think in the end he's going to say, and that's how I met your Aunt Robin. And it's like going to completely change. And I'm like, yeah, it's, this whole story has been about Robin. Like, what's the deal? But I do remember everyone talking about that. Yeah. But... A question on the pineapple incident. If something is in a deleted scene, do you consider that canon or not? Um, uh, no, probably not. Okay, then no, they never explained the pineapple incident. You can argue that, like, if it was the original writer's intent, that that is the best explanation for what happened. It just didn't make it because of runtime issues? Yeah. Well. I mean, there's things like that in Star Wars all over the place. Um... And it, you, you know, for a lot of, I don't know, for, as a fan of different genres and movies and fandoms, it's, some of it is, what was the original writer's intent? And a lot of times you might not know the answer to that, and so it is left more ambiguous. But sometimes you, you know more about what the writer's intentions were, and you can, you can have stronger, educated guesses on, on, you know, holes left in the story and things like that. But, anyway. Cool. All right, now we're going to get to some storyline points. The next few are about specific storylines. Number six is dating storylines. So here are some storylines that are both in Friends and How I Met Your Mother that have to do with dating. One friend kissing another friend's mom. Ross gets, kisses Chandler's mom. Barney kisses Ted's mom. Seeing your parent and the person you're dating. What's funny about this is uh, you were kind of coming in and watching How I Met Your Mother with me, and there was the episode where... Um, <laughs> Lily is seeing her dad and Marshall and Marshall is seeing his dad and Lily and Barney seeing his mom and Nora and everyone's like freaking out because they're dating their parent and me and Colton were laughing because it's that scene where Lily's dad and Marshall's dad are like about to kiss and we were laughing and he said you don't see this in Friends do you and I was like actually Ross does see his mom as Rachel and Leia's golden bikini so there's another one and uh, dating a student, both Ross and Ted dated students while they were professors. Okay, this is like my counterpoint is just the same as it has been. It's it's that is how much brother copying friends, or is it just trying to like make use relatable stories and like real life scenarios that people might but yeah be able relatable to relate stories to. kissing your friend's mom, so relatable. Seeing your like your parents and their spouse. I'm not saying you're. Excuse I'm not saying you're like my mom or dad or either way. I'm just saying 
Is that is it that uncommon to see those similarities with when you've lived with your parents for most of your life up until that point, and then you live with someone, uh, you know, completely different not in your family that you marry and you know have a close relationship with, and is it not uncommon to see similarities in in family members and then wonder like, oh, you know. Yeah, that's true. You think about yeah, people kind of they, gravitate you know, towards someone who is like. Yeah, I gravitate towards this person because they are, are similar to a loved but one in my life. Both shows having the actor who plays their parent replace the actor that plays the person they're dating. They that makes that. that's what that's why that's what makes it a comedy. That's obviously <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be picturing that in real life, but in in a TV show, that's what makes you laugh. Otherwise, it's just like yeah, that's true, and then you just sit there. <laughs> But no, the comedy comes in when it's two old men on top of each other on a bed that are t- like, you know, flirting with each other and saying things. I don't know. It's just funny. It's just a funny, awkward scenario because it's ridiculous. And you know that it, that literal situation never happens. But the fact that they like went that far because that's what was in their heads and they were showing you what was in their heads is, is the funny part. And, and Friends, I mean, they did do that with, with his mom, but like it was like one scene. Whereas in How Much Your Mother, it was like the whole episode was... I focused around that. I don't know. That's and it was funny. And that's one thing I would say, friends, if you're going to say it copied, okay, I would say it did it better. Hmm. If, if you're, I'm, I'm just saying, I think that scene's funnier in, in How Much Rather Than It Was in Friends. All right. <laughs> hot take, hot take. Number seven is couple storylines, specifically ways that Marshall and Lily mirror Monica and Chandler. Um, they both say that they're going to elope. Monica and Chandler run off to Vegas, or they're in Vegas anyway, and then chicken out and don't do it. Lily and Marshall run off to Atlantic City, chicken out, don't get married, end up having the big wedding. Um, They both dealt with fertility issues. Um, Monica and Chandler, I feel like it wasn't a main storyline. It was sort of underlying for a while, and then you realized, oh, they had been trying to have a baby for a very long time, and then they had to go, like, to the doctor and, like, deal with adoption and all this stuff meanwhile marshall and lily started freaking out after like two months of not of not getting pregnant and then went to see a doctor and they were like freaking out freaking out freaking out and then like everything was fine and they got pregnant so in that case i would almost say friends did it better sure yeah i'll give you that thank you Okay, number eight is wedding storylines. There's obviously lots of weddings and lots of proposals and lots of breakups in both of these shows, and I just think it's ridiculous, but whatever. Both shows have runaway brides. Obviously, Rachel is a runaway bride in the first episode of Friends, and Victoria is a runaway bride in How I Met Your Mother. Also, Ted gets left at the altar, so there's that. Um, Proposals don't mean anything. Marriages don't last. That is something that really irks me about both shows and it really hit me this time with how i met your mother like the fact that they think oh a proposal means nothing like how many times was there someone proposing in that show like so many times it was ridiculous and then another wedding storyline is friends getting ordained to marry friends joey married monica and chandler and barney married marshall and lily outside you know before their real wedding Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I agree. I don't like, yeah, how it's, and maybe this is just a common thing in, in some comedies. I don't know. I don't watch that many comedies, so I don't know. But where, yeah, maybe proposals or marriage isn't taken as seriously. I don't know. It's thrown around more. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. I think that's just more of a, 
It's because they, they feel the need to do something. They're like, all right, we got to have a wedding or a baby or a breakup every season. We got to have something major happening to keep the people watching. And so Ross had to get divorced three times across Friends. And Barney and Ted had to propose to however many different women. Or Robin had to get this many proposals. I'm just like, oh my gosh, stop. I swear, if one more dude proposes to this woman who keeps saying she doesn't want to get married, I'm going to flip my lid. Flip it. My lid is flipped. Flip. Anyway. Number nine is friend group storylines, so group as a whole. Um, the debate over who is your best man. Honestly, this is a trope. Full House might have done it first, so friends might have copied Full House, but um, the guy not being able to decide who's going to be his best man is whatever. It's a thing sitcoms do, but both How I Met Your Mother and Friends did it. Um, the game show, Ross made that Jeopardy-esque game show for all the roommates, which ended up being one of the most iconic Friends episodes of all time, one of my favorites, and Marshall did the Who Wants to Be a Godparent episode, and also some other games that he made up, but, um, making up games for your friends, and here's the Barney and Chandler one you mentioned earlier, no one in the friend group knows this friend's job. No one can remember what Chandler's is because it's so boring, and no one knows what Barney's is because it's so ridiculous, I guess. But ultimately, Chandler's a transponster, and Barney is police. Mm-hmm. So, so they eventually tell you. Ish. But it is a running joke for both of them that none of the friends know what they do. So. Yeah. Any rebuttals on those no. storylines? My rebuttal is just the same as it, as it is, honestly. It's the same thing it's been. Okay. I think it's more of an underlying comedy, like, sim- er, what am I thinking? Sitcom. Sitcom trope for for that. Um, but I, I mean, thinking too, I think that might be a, at least the friends, not only when your friends does, like, that's, I feel like common in a lot of jobs. A lot of friend groups. Like, <laughs> yeah, what did do you, you see? Do? I, I get asked <laughs> that meme... like, what do you do again? I'm like, that meme hard to run- <laughs> That meme running around <laughs> recently that was like, Talking to your friend, how's your job going? And also, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what hardly any of my friends do, and they don't know what I do. Yeah. And like every time I see some of our friends from Lubbock again, after it's been a while, you know, they'll ask me, and yeah, again, to explain my job. And I'm like, oh, sure. It's just, and I'll, I don't even remember what they do half the time. So I'm like, yeah. Well, that's, I feel like it's more understandable when you, I mean, we see our Lubbock friends a couple times a year, but these friends hang out every single day. And they don't know what one of them does for a job. I'm sure they talk about work almost every day. Do they hang out every single day? Yes, literally every day. And how much are they? And friends, yeah. Friends even more so probably because they are next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and friends, like, at one point everybody lives like right next to each other. And yeah. how much mother you can assume maybe it's been a little bit if they live out in different points of around town. Yeah, but it implies that they hang out in their, one, at the bar every day, racking up all these bar tabs in freaking New York, and driving to the bar. Like, Ted and Marshall live above the bar, so that's not an issue, but Barney and Robin live elsewhere, so they have to pay to do a cab or subway or whatever to get to the bar and hang out with their friends every single day. I'm just like, y'all, <laughs> come on. 
Come on. I totally agree. Come on. All right, the last couple of points are actor-specific. Number 10 is Christina Pickles, but in my personal opinion, they did her dirty. In Friends, she was Ross and Monica's mother. And in How I Met Your Mother, she's Lily's grandmother. So even though Friends ended in 2004 and How I Met Your Mother started in 2005, just one year later, they pushed her up an entire generation? Like, what? I feel like she could have still been Lily's mom, but nope, they made her a grandmother. So, whatever. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. She plays Ross and Monica's mom in Friends, Judy Geller. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And then she plays Lily's grandma who gives her the house in How I Met Your Mother. So even though only one year had passed in real life, they upped her an entire generation. Mm-hmm. From being a main character mom to a main character grandma. Yeah, I totally agree. And they didn't use her to her full potential. She was only in like two episodes of How I Met Your Mother. This show's called How I Met Your Mother, not How I Met My Mother or How I Met My Friend's Mother. How I Met My Friend's Grandmother. Yep, that's how it is. Still. Number 11. This one is about Anne Dudek. She was in Friends. She was in How I Met Your Mother. Just one episode of each show, I believe. But in both shows, she gets broken up with on her birthday. In Friends, she's dating Mike Hannigan, played by the amazing Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. And he ends up like running off back to Phoebe, getting back together with Phoebe, getting engaged to Phoebe, and then realizing, oh crap, I left a girlfriend back home, I need to break up with her. And so Phoebe ends up having to do it for him, and then she's like, this is the worst birthday ever, and she's crying, and you're like, oh my gosh, this poor girl. And then, in How I Met Your Mother, She's the one that Ted dated way back in the day, broke up with her via her answering machine on her birthday at her surprise party, and then gets back together with a few years later, gets her to trust him again and like him again, and then he breaks up with her again on her birthday. So over the course of these two shows, the same woman, played by the same actress, gets broken up with on her birthday three times. So that sounds like more of like a, yeah, they're referencing friends. And they wanted to bring back the same person to do a straight Friends reference. Make it funny. And for the people that are hardcore fans of both shows, which I can appreciate how much you're doing. I guess so. <laughs> that one I'll give you. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that your list? That is my list. But there's a few other things I want to discuss. Mm-hmm. One, you mentioned earlier that you don't really watch comedies, so why do you think you like How I Met Your Mother so much? Uh, do you want me to go through my list and I'll just explain why I think How Much Your Mother oh, sure. is better than Friends and or at least, okay, if there are things that does the same thing as Friends, I'll even, maybe some of them give you that maybe it was share of copying Friends, I would, like I said earlier, say that it more than likely did it better. And How Much Your Mother is not perfect. Uh, and like I said, I don't care that much about this opinion, um, but I do think it is better than Friends. Why do, what was your question? You don't typically like comedies. Why do you like How I Met Your Mother so much? Yeah, it's like the first comedy I had watched all the way through. I saw How I Met Your Mother all the way through before I saw The Office all the way through. If, if For those of you that don't know my history, I don't watch comedies that much. Um, and it goes back to kind of what I said earlier, I think. And I kind of just realized this talking through it, that it was the mystery of the show and how they hooked you into 
watching more and wanting to know what how it ended you know um anyway um and then, uh, some of these kind of answer my question too um so i'll go ahead and talk about why i think how much mother is better than friends I think How Much Your Mother blends several genre of shows and does it really well, uh, including sitcom, which is like its main genre. Um, but I would say it, mystery is a common genre in the show in a lot of episodes, like wondering how the characters end up in a, in a given episode or how it ends up at the end. Um, and then obviously like romantic drama. You can say like that can go into a lot of different comedies, just the drama and romance and stuff like that. Um, but blending those three, I think it does it does it well. It uses foreshadowing and opening teasers better. I kind of said that earlier. A lot more flash forwards or showing you what's going to happen. Uh, and, then, and then slowly unraveling it. Uh, I would say it has more realistic conversations, at least for our generation. I don't know. That's my, That might be more of an opinion. Um, not that it's like, not that every conversation is realistic, but I don't know. And, and, one thing I have to consider is that Friends was done in front of a live audience, and so I think a lot of what the conversations or how the conversations go in, in Friends might be more, ex they might exaggerate certain things that you might not actually exaggerate in real life, and so that's for me, like knowing that watching Friends, I'm I'm like would, you know, would this person actually have said it the way they said it in real life? I don't know. That's true. I have I have those questions. I will more. say some of the bar debates in How I Met Your Mother are classic, like the Rabbit versus Duck. I could see that being a real. Yeah a real debate that gets that heated yeah. between our friend group like um no ducks are better no yeah. rabbits are better and some of the con some of the con like the concepts of the conversations are ridiculous but like if you think about some of the conversations you have in real life <laughs> yeah like maybe maybe this is for maybe that's more of our generation thing like millennial you know bordering on gen z um we just think of some weird stuff and we talk about weird stuff it's just i don't know what older people talk about but that's younger generations it's are we have weird weird thought processes um and i think how much rather displays that a little bit in some of the episodes and that's a good one i didn't even think about that one the rabbit versus duck episode also i didn't put this in my notes but the episodes where like barney's alternate history flashback scenes are like some of the funniest ones to me as a history buff he'll he'll, he'll retell a famous like historical story or something but he'll put a twist on it, and it, the, it about the, the history people, yeah, the people that are a acting out the scene in you know in the historic context are are usually them, but they're dressed up in whatever you know dresses in that time period, and usually it's just the most ridiculous like situation ever. But I don't know, I just really love and think those are some of the funniest scenes in this whole show. But anyway, that kind of goes into uh, my next point. I think the show is more witty. I think the humor is. Is, is more sarcastic, um, smarter humor. Not, not, not smarter in that, like, not like how, not smarter in the way that, like, Big Bang Theory is, like, smart humor. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? More of, like, good comebacks and good, like, on-the-fly responses. Whereas Friends is, um, I don't know. I haven't seen Friends as recently, so I can't actually say that, like, this is 100% true. But just from what I remember Friends, like I said, I haven't seen Friends since, like, 2019, um... But I don't know. Wit is is just is makes comedy more funny. Office is good with wit too, and maybe and maybe it's a little bit of that deadpan. How much really has a little bit of it? I feel like a little bit of the like this is funny because of the context it's in. Because if, if this happened in real life, 
no one would be laughing type of thing, you know? I don't know. That's what Office does a lot. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, Friends is a lot of the, like, classic sitcom humor. Yeah. Like, yeah. for this live studio audience here, do you know we're doing a joke Here's the now. punchline! Boom! And exactly. then the audience laughs. That's true. Yeah. That is true. But I still think it's funny. It's just class. It is quotable and classic, you know? Yeah, well, that is a good point. Quotable. I think How Much Mother has more... Maybe not more. I don't know. For me, they're more memorable. I've seen How Much Your Mother more times, so... This is maybe the biased part of Thinking. this opinion part, but How Much Your Mother has... What? Well, I was just trying to think, like, oh, what... Name a quote from How I Met Your Mother that you, like, quote in real life, but I can actually think of some that you and I say regularly. Regularly? Yeah. More than we say on the Friends thing. Yeah. Like, Friends... I think the Friends... Most, most common Friends one's probably, what, Pivot or something? That's what everybody... Pivot! Pivot, yeah. pivot, pivot. <laughs> At this point, I thought that was funny the first time I heard someone outside of my wife say that, and now I'm like, anytime I hear someone say pivot, I'm like, I roll my eyes. I literally roll my eyes, everyone out there, because, like, so many people make that joke now, and now I'm like, okay, okay, fine. It's, it was funny, we watched it in the episode, it was funny the first maybe four or five times I heard it, and then now it's like, okay, stop quoting that and maybe I'll, maybe I'll stop quoting how much your mother too. But. Well, do you know what quote I'm thinking of that we use in like regular conversation? What is it? Do you see how your story is full of holes? Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's that's a more obscure. It's such an obscure. That's more quote. of an obscure quote from How Much Your Mother, but it's, it's from such Claudia. a Claudia. Claudia's in like four episodes. The it's such show. a good like I don't know. It's such a good way to bring up like oh hey you're you're not making any sense, <laughs> and you said this thing earlier, and now you're saying this thing. You're yeah, your story's full of holes. Anyway, what other things do we quote a lot other than that? That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. I don't know. We used to quote the show a lot. Wait for it and that. Wait for it. I'm thinking of all the things Garrett used to say. Garrett, Suit up. Garrett quoted Barney You thought he was Barney. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> anyway, um, he'll probably never listen to this, so it's fine. We did uh, compete in How I Met Your Mother trivia. And our team name was Wait For It, and we got fourth place. Remember that? Mm-hmm. With that same brother's best friend I mentioned earlier. Yeah, fourth place out of, I guess there were probably like a 20, lot. 20 teams there, 20 At or 30. Least. I guess it's not bad. We got top five out of like a 30-team, how much of other trivia game. Yeah. Anyway, um, continuing on my list, I'll go through my list faster. Uh, oh yeah, this is something I like because I like sci-fi and Doctor Who, but sometimes the show is, like, timey-wimey in, like, the order it tells the story, and I like how it bounces around. Not that it's timey-wimey and, like, people actually time travel, although there is that there one is episode. There is that one episode. In the second to last season, which is one of my favorite episodes, where there's future Ted, future Barney, you know, ten minutes from now, Ted. Twenty hours from now, Ted. Twenty hours from now, Barney. And, it's, and that's just a good scene. And that, obviously that's, oh, that scene, think about it now, it's such a good reflection of, like, Ted's psyche. In that moment, and like where he's at, um, and and how it like leads up to like what was about to happen to him and meeting the mother, and that was like what within, I think actually that scene was like towards was like right before the wedding, right? Like their wedding was like yeah, within because... within a couple of weeks or a month of the wedding, so he was gonna meet the mother like right after that, and it was just like thinking about that as a whole. I don't know. I could appreciate the overall arc of his of his character in that in that episode more. What were you gonna say? Yeah, because Barney and Robin are figuring out a caterer. Yeah. And Marshall and Lily are putting the baby to bed. And that's why Ted's alone. Yeah. That leads me to my next thing. How Much Mother, like, I don't even think this is, like, a competition. I think How Much Mother just has, every single character in How Much Mother has a better story arc than their counterparts and friends. 
Like, think of where really? the characters were at at the beginning of the show and where they were at the end. Maybe, yeah, they're they're in different places in life, but as a character or personality, have they changed that much since the beginning of the show? Yeah, maybe Rachel at the Rachel beginning was Rachel, for a, sure. Okay, that, that much, though, she, she, was a, she was a ditzy, you know, runaway bride at the beginning, and then she falls in love with the nerdy... Nerdy archaeologist, you know, like any other... Archaeologist? He's a paleontologist, oh, whatever. excuse you. He's a, he likes bones. They both like bones, okay? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and then by, I mean, I don't know, throughout the whole show, though, she's kind of, she, she's kind of the one that just, I mean, Rob, I don't know, Robin's kind of like a stupid, I don't know. Rachel really grows just, and she becomes a less shell. In the very beginning one, she's like, I'm, I'm not a shoe, I'm, I'm a hat, Dad. Is it, is the growth... Is it substantial for how long the show is? Yes, she becomes like Could a that full growth have happened in like a couple woman. seasons? If you think about it, I've seen more growth in a two-hour movie for similar characters. Dang. Anyway. Okay, so show, show me this very grand arc that Robin went on because I still think she sucks. I would say okay, maybe Robin might not be the best example because I think yeah, maybe she's not that much different than she was at the beginning. Except for that, she is more open to love by the end. Yeah, um, and more open to like settling down with someone. Yeah, uh, all that good stuff. But it's mainly in characters like Ted and Barney and Marshall. I don't know. Yeah, better character arc, especially Barney. Bar- between all the characters in both shows, Barney has the best overall character arc from going from the womanizer to realizing how crappy of a guy he is to falling in love with a woman and learning how to like go through that and actually treat a woman the way they should be treated and yeah but after spoilers he gets divorced he falls right back into his womanizing ways and his player until like he literally does a perfect month sleeps with 31 girls in 31 days is any and we talked about this in the avatar episode if anyone's listening if there's any characteristic characteristic of a good story arc, it is when they fall back down, fall down and get back up, and that's what he did. Okay, and then they go through it in an episode, but it's, he does go back to his old ways out of habit after getting divorced. But when he has his daughter, you know that it's like the fulfillment of like all of the hard effort and the trying he had done. To change as a person overall up until that point, and you know that maybe you don't see it firsthand, but I think from that point on, that character would never be the same. Like they yeah. would be permanently like the better, best version of themselves. But like you just said, that entire character arc we got in one episode. No, you guys got the whole show. He became that person, and then obviously after a divorce, he reverted back to his old self. Which I think, uh, yeah, if you saw him be the perfect, the nice guy, treating all the girls nice after a divorce, like. I mean, come on. He's got to fall back a little bit after something like that happens to him. Yes. And stumble a little bit. I mean, come on. That, that, that's the thing. Okay, we can both agree that the maybe the last couple episodes of the show could have been done better. I was about to um, say, that's, that's one major difference. One major point that Friends has on How I Met Your Mother is that it ended well. The finale was perfect. Yeah. But did you have any notes before we get to that? Yes. Okay, I would agree. It's a, this one's hard because like when it came out, I didn't like the ending to How Much Your Mother. Friends does have a more satisfying ending if you've been watching the show for the whole time, but it's also like the and then I watched it more like on your recent walk or watch through. I watched like the Friends the last couple of with you, I think, or maybe there's the last episode. Anyway, but it is a satisfying ending, but it's almost like too good. 
and I I don't know, like, the Office ending, while some people might not like it, it's a good ending, and it's a little dirty, because all the characters might, you know, might not end up where you want them to be, but it might be just more realistic, I don't know, more natural. I think that's what How Much Rather tries to do, and maybe the way it implemented it was a little, it felt a little rushed, but... I think it wasn't, like that, that's one of the ways it wasn't trying to be like friends. It wasn't trying to make it the perfect ending, you know, put a bow on top, put the two people together that everyone's been wanting to get together for the whole show, make them live the rest of their life happily ever after. And even though it might hint to that with Robin and, and Ted at the end, um, it was very messy between that. And I don't know. And some people might think it undermines the mother. It uh, does. I don't know. When The entire show is called How I Met Your Mother. But this isn't something that was, like, written right before the season came out and then they put it out there and people didn't like it. They knew about that plot point since the very beginning. So it, you're either saying it was the plan was bad since the beginning or or you can say, I think, the way, the way they implemented it was was maybe not very good. Um, I don't know. Like, they planned for Robin to to end up with Ro- or Ted in the end. Ted ended up with Robin in the end. If I don't know. The more you think about it, I think that just dives into Ted's... Like where Ted is, because it, it is kind of all about how Ted meets the mom, and then uh, he spends his the whole show telling his kids the story of how he met his mom, and he talks a lot about Robin. But if you think about contextually him where he's at, he has he has two kids who are like in high school, college age, and he's telling them about the story of how he met his, their mother, and he's in a place where he you know was he had a wife and he's been widowed because his wife passed away, which probably devastated him for a long time in his life, I would guess. Six um, years. Yeah, six years. And then I think he's finally got to, gotten to a point where he's ready to move on. And and, and, and and through telling these, like, stories of his past to his kids, like, he's realizing that, you know, he's still, like, he's, he's coming back to Robin. And he's realizing that, yeah, you know, I think this whole time, while I did love Tracy, you know, my, his, his the mother, um, you know, now that I... Now that he's able to like move on and and maybe find love again, he's realizing that you know what I think I, and and remembering in the past and the history I had with Robin, I think I still you know love and care for Robin a lot. And even though he hasn't seen her a long time, he he goes after her again and he tries, and then comes out of his shell. And then they didn't show that as much. And I wish they maybe towards the end of the show would have focused more on like old Ted, and and in his fifties, I guess at that point, forties or fifties, and and seeing that lonely, older, maybe older middle-aged person going through some of that stuff might have been, I don't know, a better telling of it and might have made that scene going back to Robin make more sense in the context uh, that it happened. But we saw that scene after, like, after, like, flash-forwards and, and like, uh, montage, basically, of here's what happened over the next 10 to 15 years, and it happened, like, in you know, 15 minutes. You know? I don't know. But yeah. I, still, I would say yeah that it could have done better. It could have been done better, but as 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 it was written, you know, in the show, I I think I don't I like I don't I I don't mind it as much as I didn't like it back then. You know? I still mind it. I'm still upset because the entire premise of the show is about Ted meeting the mother. That's the entire point of this nine year long story he's been telling his children. We never see the mother's face until the very end of season eight. And in season nine, there are more clips of her, but the entire premise of season nine is Barney and Robin's wedding. That's the entire premise. The entire wedding weekend is one very long, drawn-out season that completely abandons all of the formats they've built up over the last eight years 
and centers around this wedding that ends up in divorce and does like little clips and hints of flash forwards with the mother that ends in death and it all comes back to Ted and Robin and I'm like what was the point what was the point of like stretching out this entire wedding and stretching out this entire story of the mother that didn't have the mother in it if everything was all about Robin what they should have done in the ninth season is maybe have the wedding weekend be one episode make it the opener for the finale and then that rest of season nine should have been about Ted and the mother, like how they got together and all their anniversaries where he keeps taking her back to the same inn. I swear, that annoyed me so much this run through. Like on their first anniversary, they go to the inn. That's where he proposed. On their second anniversary, that's where they go to the inn. Oh, they got to go to the inn for baby moon before they, like, I'm like, really, Ted? Really? Take her somewhere else. She's been to the Farhampton Inn plenty in her life. Anyway, but they should have shown like more of their relationship and their marriage and their children. And then, yeah. Her getting sick, we still don't know what she died from. It just says she got sick and she died. There should have been more of older Ted, sad Ted, and then maybe Ted realizing, oh my gosh, I need to, I, w- I want to be with Robin. I need to, what, what do I tell my kids? What, what do I do? I need to sit them down. And then in the last episode, he could have been like wrapping up his story and saying, it ends with the scene of the mother, like where we've all been building towards like how he actually met her. And then he goes after Robin after that. Yeah. But to make the entire last season about a wedding that ends in divorce and barely talk about a mother who dies for all to be about Ted and Robin is just, like, cheaty. I did not like it. And a lot of people don't like it. It comes up time and time again for worst sitcom finales of all time. I mean, I'm not arguing that it's not... That it's... I'm not arguing that it's good. I'm just saying... um, I don't know. I'm more so arguing... I think I'm more arguing for him ending up with Robin being a not being as bad as people say it is especially since that point was planned since the beginning now the rest of it yeah i would say it could have been done better like i like the the premise of the last season and that i like that it slows it down and spreads out like two days basically over a whole season i think i like that but like i like how it changes it up changes up the formula a bit that's something friends didn't do so there's a point what something now in the context of the show it's whether people want it or not, it doesn't matter. Like, these stories that they were telling on this weekend, and this, you know, during this weekend where this wedding took place, like, it would have happened in some way anyway, but did they want to tell it in the same prompt that they've been telling all their other stories up until that point? Or did they want to, like, yeah, or do it a little differently and see, like, oh, all this crazy stuff happened this weekend, you know, we'll remember this for the rest of our lives type of thing. And I think that's, I don't know, it's just funny. And it's, I don't think, I don't think that part is that bad. But, yeah, it, the writing as far as, like, but then, yeah, later on, second last episode, last episode, you find out, oh, they end up getting divorced anyway. Yeah, it does undermine everything that happened in that season before that, which stinks. But I still think what came before that wasn't, like, was good for watching that. But on a rewatch, is it ruined because, you know, oh, they're just going to get divorced anyway? No, the jokes are still just as funny. The scenarios they end up in are just as funny. And it's like, okay, you know, the, maybe their relationship you know in the end ends up failing but in this moment it's real you know it doesn't undermine like what it, what was happening in the moment anyway we don't have to sit here and talk about it that long i don't i don't disagree with you but i don't think it's as bad as you say it is either continuing my points well, i did say this but yeah, the ending was planned since the beginning and i think that's something that like and then re- watching the friends reunion they even said that like when writing the last season we had to figure out 
what way can we just make it the best ending ever to make all of our fans happy? And I'm like, well, you know, that's cool and all, but like, Comet Your Mother had the ending plans in the beginning. And I think that's, whether it's good or bad, I think it's cool that they had it plans since the beginning. You know? Unique. I guess so. Anyway, but next thing. But a story can grow and change as you're writing it. And they completely eliminated their choice to change their minds. Yeah. Different strokes. Anyway, I mentioned this earlier. I feel like the scenes between Ted and Tracy are some of the best in the show. And I'm more I'm so saying it's a positive for how much another because of how it makes us want more of that. And maybe that's a negative and a positive. Maybe maybe she should have been in the show more. Um, maybe the meeting the mother should have been a season earlier or something. I don't know. But obviously wanting to see more of something is always a good point for a show when you want to see more of something that a show is doing. Anyway, next point. I think there's way more long-running inside jokes than How Much Your Mother. We've hinted at this before. Inside jokes that are within and without. Within and without. <laughs> within the show and outside of the show. There are a lot of quotable things and jokes and friends that people outside of the show quote and that are common things people say a lot but there's also but how much rather has the inside jokes that it that it has reoccurring and that it pays off and does certain things and that it brings up later on in the show and all sorts of like has more of like those kinds of moments you know what i mean um which i think makes for as good writing you know when you when you're paying off old jokes and bringing new ones back and a lot of them are more common than others, obviously. Like, a lot of the things Barney does and says is, like, every episode. But there's some things that are less, that are more subtle that they're paying off and joking about. Like, private joke? Yeah. The the saluting every time someone says, like, a, a rank, which is funny. Uh, the, the next. Oh, Barney's story arc won an Emmy nomination. I think, yeah. I that was from your up. research five minutes before we started? Yes, Neil Patrick Harris almost won an Emmy for his performance. Almost in, won an Emmy. In one of those seasons, maybe the second last season. Um, NPH is, like, the best part of this show. He he does a really great job. Yeah. I, I love him. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about how Ted and Ross are similar is you hate them both more with every rewatch. They are so cringy. I can't stand either one of them. Please stop talking. I agree with Ross, disagree with Ted. You don't? Oh. Every time I, I start, I, every time I start, how I met your mother over, and Ted is giving that big, dramatic, lovey-dovey speech to Robin. I'm like, shut up, Ted. Shut up, Ted. Shut up, Ted. Stop. Okay, in that moment, yeah. But as a whole, I, I first, first watch through of Friends, I was annoyed with Ross and didn't like Ross, <laughs> um, and was doing that. Can you imagine that on the first, on a first watch through, we getting annoyed with the character. Oh, don't even get me started with Phoebe. I think Phoebe's <gasps> the most pointless character in any sitcom of all time. How dare um, you! Well, yeah, she has funny jokes, and she's, mm, yeah, she's the quirky, ditzy, blah, blah, blah. She is not ditzy. Uh, well, she's ditzy in that she's, like, what's ditzy? What's the definition of ditzy? I think ditzy in this situation means, like, uh, not, not that she's dumb, but she's, you know, not all there. Is that is there, is there any nice way to say that? Um, I don't know. Maybe She's still with real trauma in her life. Yes. Okay. I don't know. The, I don't know all her character backstory. <laughs> but if you take her out of the story, it, does the story of friends, overarching story of friends, change? What's the overarching story of friends? Exactly. Thank you for proving my <laughs> <that> point. <laughs> Whereas every single character, in how much your mother is pivotal, 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 pivotal enough in each other's Did lives. Did you say you, pivot? Where you take 
if you take any of them out, then it would seriously affect the course of like all the other characters' paths in the show. Anyway. Uh, da, 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 da. I said framing narrative. Uh, Friends is overall more lighthearted, while How I Met Your Mother deals with more real-life issues. Not that Friends doesn't deal with any real-life issues, um, but How I Met Your Mother, we, I talked earlier about how it's more deadpan in some cases, but also I think it it deals with more real-life issues. There's it, it deals with death. Um, on, on more occasions, Marshall's dad dying is like the saddest scene in any sitcom I have ever watched. And maybe there are some that the borderline ones in office that are, are pretty sad too, that are up there. But like the scene where he finds out his dad's dead was so real. They weren't laughing. They weren't joking. I think maybe there was a joke like towards the end of that episode, but like that was, that was ad lib too. Uh, yeah. And that Jason was Jason Siegel didn't know what and it's such a was, genuine Hannigan was about reaction. To say. And yeah. I almost want to tear up just thinking about that scene. Cause it's so real. It's so real. Um, someone else dies. Oh, the mother, obviously I was like, who else dies? The mother dies. And then, um, I wish they would have shown more of Ted after the mother, mother's death. You get some of that in the last season, last episode, but still, I think it still is showing how these characters are, you know, going through these rough times and, and the, the death of close people and their families and, and how to deal with that kind of stuff. There's death in Friends. Yeah, there's death in Friends. But is it like that? I'm not saying death is the only thing, but uh, I don't know. I, I didn't sit here and watch the whole show and write down every single time how much my other uh, dealt with more real life issues, but it, that's just one of the things that popped in my head. Um, and it dealt with them in a more relatable way in my Opinion. I don't know. See, my opinion isn't the best opinion, so you don't have to agree with me. <laughs> Next, uh, talk about how it was a mystery and the reason they kept you watching. Uh, oh, life lessons. It taught way more life lessons. Okay, the, like the, what? Dealing with death is a good one. Like, it, it's not like it was straight up telling you this lesson, but it was like through with how the characters dealt with things. It it would kind of teach you how to do things like maybe dealing with a breakup, how to get past that. Death. Friends did that. There's. Did it do that? Did okay. Did, yeah okay. Friends, people, you know, characters and friends dealt with breakups, but did it like really go into like what that character did to move on and get and you know? Yes, the whole Monica Richard breakup was like one of the most heartbreaking. She went through like several stages of dealing with that, and I feel like it was really relatable and. Her coming out of it and was just like a really, really moving arc for her friends. Yeah, I will give you that the death in How I Met Your Mother of a Father was more impactful than in Friends. It was like a grandmother, but still. There's real stuff in Friends as well. And there's real life lessons too. Nothing good after 2 a.m. That's just like... You needed a show to tell you that? Your mm. mother didn't tell you that? No, no, but it's just a good point. Good point. <laughs> Good point, Ted's mom. Yeah, well now, obviously I don't need a show to tell me that, but hey, any college kids or high school kids out there, watch this show and learn from it. And he's talking to his kids. He's telling his kids all these things. Learn from his mistakes. Yeah, maybe you just realize there are more life lessons in Friends because it's Ted framing the and story. And how much mother. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> They're so alike, I get them confused. 
you think there are more life lessons in How I Met Your Mother because Ted is telling a story to his kids. So at the end of every episode, he's like, and that, kids, is the story of this, and here is the moral that you need to take from this story. They're, like, spoon-feeding it to the audience. Next point I have is, uh, kind of off of that, is life doesn't always work out the way you plan. teaches that. And friends, it worked out exactly how everyone wanted it to. That's not necessarily true. And... How much mother it doesn't, and so not everything has not everything's perfect. People out there, not every show's gonna end the exact way you want it to, and when it doesn't end perfectly the way you want it to, don't let your emotions get in the way of your intelligence. Your intelligence, <laughs> over don't let your emotions override your intelligence. What is that from? It's a Mr. Stelzer <laughs> quote from Junior High Band. <laughs> My junior High Band oh, director I used to so. say At that. At first, I thought it was a TV show, then I was like, no, that was a band director. <laughs> Just because a show or movie doesn't end up the way you think it does doesn't mean it's bad it just means it's different and there's different points of views different different perspectives in the world and sometimes it's deeper than you're willing to think about you know sometimes there's just something so deep maybe some shows are too deep for their own good maybe oh. sitcoms shouldn't be super deep so you think how i met your mother is hashtag deep and those who think friends is better just don't understand Can't how much your mother deep. is deeper than friends, yes. I'm 14 and this is deep. Yes. Um, what else? Oh, point of view. Okay. You've had way more than 11 points here. Yeah, I need to yeah, point yeah. out well, the format of this podcast. I'll start to them a lot faster. Um, I'm cutting you off from your uh, carbonated water. Um, no. I told you the other day, but point of view, obviously friends was a live audience, but it, it's also because of live audience, it was shot from like the same angle. Every single time you watch the show it's like same angles and i feel like that's just boring and stale after a while like it's different contexts and stories but it's like you're, you're seeing you're seeing the play out in the same places from the same angles you've seen them in a million times whereas t- uh t- how much your mother it wasn't from wasn't in front of live audience and so they were able to like do different camera angles from the new different shots and zoom in on characters faces and emotional moments and like i don't know show you you know, where they're at from different points of view. And I think that's just, it keeps it fresh and unique and not stale. Yep. But the fact that Friends was filmed in front of a live studio audience proves that the funny moments were genuinely funny because it elicited genuine laughter. That's true. If those same scenes were filmed in front of a live audience now, would it be as funny? I don't know. In late 90s, early 2000s. I was was trying to make this point to Colton the other day, see if any of the listeners out there agree with me. I think things are funnier in groups. Like, when I was watching How I Met Your Mother by myself, I did not laugh out loud once. But if Colton came in the room and something funny happened, I would laugh out loud. Because it's just funnier when there's someone else to, like, share a laugh with. Like, if I'm just watching by myself, I'm just like, okay, I've seen the show a million times, I know this is a funny part, but... It's not, like, ha-ha worthy. Same thing, like, if you're listening to a comedian on Netflix or whatever by yourself, you might kind of chuckle to yourself, but if you were to see that comedian live with people, you would be rolling out of your seat laughing. I just think things are more funny when you're around people, which is why, partially why I think Friends had such a strong laugh track is because everyone's there. They're in the moment. They're right. living with the actor. You're right. That's why it's not funny when you watch it on the TV. Get uh, over yourself. Funny. It's only funny in a live studio audience setting, which is uh, a good point, proving my point. 
Moving on. <laughs> uh, last point. This is the one I looked up to do research. Um, New Yorkers. This is my source. People that live in New York actually say that How Much Your Mother is a more accurate portrayal of New York City. So there you go. And I even thought this. I don't. I've never been to New York, but I had. I've had the thought watching Friends, especially when they're on the street. The street scenes and Friends, I felt were just so um, jarring. Like they were always dark, even if it was middle of the day to me. They always looked dark. Maybe they were only out on the street at night. I don't know. They always seemed dark, and like the streets just looked weird. And maybe it was the budget, or they. I don't know the sets they had to do. I guess because it was live studio audience. That's probably more it actually than anything. But like, ugh, ugh, eh. I don't know. I don't like it. All the outside scenes were actually inside. Whereas in How Much Your Mother, um, they were able to actually go outside for the New York scenes and film on an actual street. And there were actual people walking, well, they were all, like, extras still, but, like, it looked like New York when they went outside. You know, there's things like that. You actually felt like watching these characters run around New York, that you were actually watching them run around New York. I do agree that How I Met Your Mother, being in New York was, like, it was a part of the show. Friends could have taken place anywhere. Yeah. It just happened to be in New York. And they make a couple of references about, like, the first time Chandler actually goes to Statue of Liberty and he becomes obsessed with New York. Because he never actually visited the tourist locations. Like, there are moments like that. But for the most part, Friends is in their apartment. And it isn't about New York. Whereas New York plays a more pivotal role in How I Met Your Mother. So I, I could agree with that. But. Thank you. Cool. That's all my points. I have Man, a point. Come on. The, Cam- the Canada jokes are mm, some of the funniest so jokes. funny. I'm, I'm sure Canadians feel the same way. Hey, I have a Canadian friend who listens. Shanine, let me Uh-oh. know what you think. <laughs> okay, come on. Have you uh, seen How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, how much your mother? We don't hate Canada people up uh, down here, but they're just funny jokes, okay? And I know they have stereotypes for Americans. Oh, and I know Canada people, Canadians. I've called you can. What am I? What are, it's Canadians, right? Yes. Oh, but okay. Sorry, I've said Canada before. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a common thing. I've accidentally said instead of Canada, I'll say Canada because you say Canadians. And so it's just natural to say Canadian. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I'm. I don't mean to offend an entire country. I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> ignorant. I'm an ignorant Texan. Uh, but I was gonna say I know from experience of a friend who went to Canada, and he was asked by a Canadian, "Do you ride horses to school?" Now, what is that, Canadians? What is that? We don't even have horses down. We do have horses down here, but we do not ride them to school. Although the grocery store I grew up ne- near when I when I was a kid did have fence posts on the side next to his parking lot for people who happened to have horses to tie the horses up. See, I'm like, and I only ever saw that one time in my entire childhood. But no, we did not ride them to school, but some people rode them to the grocery store. See, we could get mad at this Texan stereotypes all we want, but I do have a friend that rode his horse to Starbucks. See, some of the... I, when we went to New York, we were taking a picture in Times Square and a subway went underneath us and we all screamed. Hmm. Like, <laughs> we were very blatantly Texans, and there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Um, don't get mad at me for saying this. I'm quoting a psychology professor I had my freshman year of college. They said that they're, that all stereotypes are rooted in truth. Not that stereotypes... See, the thing about stereotypes is that they're not... We all know that they're not actually the representation of all of what is being stereotyped, but that the stereotype usually... Now, maybe they didn't say all stereotypes, but like usually is rooted in some kind of truth. Now, women being bad drivers, that one is definitely. We'll table that one. Excuse but... me. I'm just kidding. 
No, my wife is a better driver than I am. I'll, I will be the first person <laughs> to admit it. But it's funny to joke about, right? It's funny to joke about. Um, here's a point that Friends has on How I Met Your Mother. Monica's fat suit looked more realistic than all of Lily's bad wigs throughout the series. Oh, you did a couple of bad wigs, but what do you do when there's flashbacks to when that character was like, like just like three or four years younger when it was at a time during a previous season? And you want them to look like they did in that season, but they also have to shoot at the scene, you know, next scene, which they're you know it's in the future and it's it's modern time. And what do they do? Well, they should have made Allison Hannigan keep the same hair color for the show. That's not realistic at all to real life. Why not? The Weasley twins don't... did it for Harry Potter. They dyed their hair red. Two male. Weasley twins in a in a movie series. You're comparing to a redheaded woman in a comedy show. Yeah. Who let me say a woman who went like I'm not saying you do this, but women I feel like change their hair color more often than than dudes do. And it's more common, and they change their hair length, and it's y'all got more going on with your hair. I appreciate Is that a stereotype? it. Stereotype? No, I appreciate. Your hair, women's hair. Uh, not in a creepy way, but like... <laughs> not in like a Joe Biden way, but... <laughs> oh, hot take. <laughs> On that note, we need to stop. It's been an hour and a half well, and getting... I want to go to bed. Okay, fine. I'm not getting political here or anything. I'm just... Y'all have seen the meme, right? We've seen the meme. I'm not... They, they know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I know. They know. I know that we know they know we know. See, friends reference, easily quotable. Anyway, thank you for very listening to this very long and rambly podcast about two of our favorite shows of all time. Well, two of my favorite shows of all time. Colton would never you still claim put friends. I miss your mother in your favorite shows of all time. It is, it is, and I'll rewatch it on occasion. But I'm just saying, when Friends came first, so soon before it, you just can't help, can't help but notice we, the similarities. We both won our arguments. We both won. I think that's what we came away from this as a. We're both There right. are a lot of similarities between the shows, but we both agree How Much Your Mother is better. No, I don't know about that. It does. That. I don't the know. things it does. Okay, well, I'm trying to wrap up the episode. Y'all out there, tell us who wins, tell us who's right, and keep listening because not all episodes will be this rambly and argumentative. That's a lie. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, Tune in each Thursday and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at KDSubcreations and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.